You have just entered the Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Royal Access. We are in the series Purpose Redefined. And as you know, over the last few weeks, we have been hearing from some amazing guests who are doing some amazing things in their lives and just being led by God to follow these things that they're pursuing in their lives. And the people that are joining me, they're not only from the Bahamas, they're from all over the world. And so the guest that we have today is from the lovely island of Barbados. Barbados. He's so awesome. And I want him to, before we get into the interview and start asking him some questions, I want to ask him to tell our guest a little bit about who he is and how we met. So I want to introduce you to an extraordinary, extraordinary young man of God, Mr. Philip Kelman. Go ahead. Let us know who you are and how we met. You're too kind. So thank you, first of all, for having me on Royal Access. I feel royal right now. Are. Um, <laughs> So before I give you all the accolades and the titles, I am a, um, a simple young man who loves God and who is here on earth to fulfill his purpose. And that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I am excited to be here, first of all. And I am, I, am, I am inspired by the things that the Lord gives me, the gifts that the Lord gives me. Um, besides that, I am a singer, songwriter, and a producer as well as an artist. That's a little bit about me. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Yes. Very talented. Very talented, I may add. And how did we meet? So it was years. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, We met in 2018 in Detroit. Um, I was a part of the Wailai Young Leaders of the Americas Initiative cohort. And I met Karel on a train. Well, yeah, our first conversation was on a train. It was? I feel... Well, we didn't, we didn't meet, we didn't meet any train, but our first call was at the, at the train, but we met in a hotel in Detroit. Right, right. First so I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember, but so our first conversation was the train, but that was after yes, on, the, on the Detroit was finished. Got it. Okay. Correct, 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 correct. Um, and we had a very good conversation. Um, can I, can I let listeners know what I thought when I first? You sure can. Yes, right. you, you sure so, can. I would love to hear it as well. Go ahead. So, <laughs> Um, there was an interview, um, and Carell was the part of that interview. And when I heard Carell speak, I automatically thought that this lady is an international speaker, and she is well known. And I am acknowledged and humbled to even sit under her her voice. <laughs> when we had the conversation in the train, completely different person, down to earth, you know, bubbly, cheerful. I was like, this is not the same person that I saw on the stage. <laughs> But, you know, that just shows your character. You are down to earth and you are a people's person. Awesome. So that's really so, so wonderful and easy to interact with Kipper Carell on any, oh, platform, any platform. I love it. I love it. Yes, that was, uh, that was such a great memory. So yeah. I came back. Um, so what Philip is mentioning is I did Young Leaders of America the year before Philip mm-hmm. um, and the people from the Bahamas who did it that year. Um, yes. Trey, who was with us, God bless her soul. Um, yeah. And after you go and do it that year, you can go back as a speaker. And so I was, uh, well, they changed our speech into an interview at the last minute. But regardless, we were on stage and we were being interviewed on stage. And so 
I guess he's just saying the two different um, experiences of uh, being down earth. I love being down earth and connecting with people. And I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to speak because now I know people from both cohorts. So when yeah. all, a lot of us went to Jamaica, because we just keep applying for everything that Y like does. <laughs> Bring it on. We reconnected in Jamaica, and if Wildlife has another opportunity, we apply in again, and we will go as well. All right, so today we're talking about purpose redefined. And so for us, um, our definition of purpose is bringing glory to God by being obedient to the last thing he told us to do. And that definition comes from the scripture, Proverbs 19 and 21, which are many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And then Isaiah 43 and seven, that says everyone who's called by my name, who I've created for my glory. So we know that we are here for God's glory. And so that's why I use that definition because sometimes, and we've said it through these interviews, sometimes people think purpose is, oh, I have to have this certain career or this certain family or all of these things that they put themselves in a box of, or I can't figure out my purpose. There's nothing to be figured out. It's just, you need to figure out what my relationship with God is because he's your creator and he'll tell you your purpose. So when we say the term, um, we feel that purpose is bring glory to God by being obedient to the last thing he told you to do. I want to ask you, what is your definition? And is it similar? Is it different? Is there something added to also what we said? Just, I want you to share that with us. All right. So we, we know that that purpose is basically um, the reason behind doing something, essentially. Right. But I, when I was looking at your questions, I, I kind of, I came up with an analogy what purpose really is right so look at it as the vehicle that you use to take you to a destination right mm-hmm. um when you think of purpose you you automatically think of this grand thing you know but if you look at it as simple as a vehicle mm-hmm. the vehicle that you use that god gives you to use that would sustain you here on earth right and the fuel is is the christ that lives in you that would propel you forward right um Purpose sustains passion and, 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 and the energy drives you, but the purpose sustains you, right? And once you find out that purpose, once you find out what your purpose is, it makes living more meaningful. It makes being here meaningful, you know? Um, yeah. Because we have people who are living daily, they're making tons of money and they, 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 they feel empty because they don't know what their purpose is. Right. And once you find out what the vehicle is, you'll be able to navigate on which terrain you should go, you know, forward. I so love that. Before, you're more than likely your assignment is off-road, you know, and that would, that would help you see the bigger picture moving forward. That's awesome. And I love how you said that, you know, Christ is the fuel. That's what's yes. pouring into you into that vehicle. And so sometimes that's why you find that you're not moving as fast because you're not pouring in the correct fuel. We know a car is not going to do what it's supposed to do if the correct fuel is not going inside. And that's why being internally aligned with what God is calling you to do is so important because as you can say, you can have a lot of money, you can have a lot of status, you can have a lot of fame, but still feel empty inside. But the reason you feel empty inside because what's fueling your vehicle is not Christ. And so I like Um, that. All right. So for you, what was it like growing up in Barbados? We're from the Bahamas. You're from Barbados. And most people, the only thing they know about Barbados is Rihanna. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) So what for you, for you, like, do you know Rihanna? You know, I'm not going to ask them making questions. Do you know Rihanna? You grew up together. I actually saw Rihanna when I was in Barbados. Did I, did you know that I was in Barbados in, I don't remember which year that was, 2017. I actually met Rihanna. 
Okay, really? I met her. I mean, I saw her. She was like distance away from me. But for you, what was it like growing up in Barbados? Um, so growing up in Barbados was pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> because we because we are in the tropics. Um, people is okay. Let me let me let me clear up the the the, the myths about Barbados. <laughs> Help us um, out. Yes. So we often see on the ads, you know, this paradise place. Beaches, white sand, and blue waters, and and we see the country, the hills, um, and that is great. It's a great picture to paint of Barbados. But Barbados is, I would like to to describe it as a one big community or one big neighborhood because we're so small, right? Uh, <laughs> we're so small. Uh-huh. Everybody knows everybody. And growing up, growing up here in Barbados was was pretty awesome. I remember as a child. Um, because I, I have been in the country and grew up in the country all my life. So all I know is trees, animals, um, your grandmother up the road. Um, but it was always very close-knit. Everywhere you go, everybody knows everybody, right? And it, it basically speaks to the, the, the strength in our community. Uh, we have, you know, there, there, there are these distinct neighborhood um, characters that stand out everywhere you go. Right. And that, that, is, that is basically how, how it was growing up here. Um, I had a very simple childhood. Um, my father, um, being a pastor, I grew up in the church all my life. And I knew church, home, and running around the fields. Like, <laughs> as simple as that. Running around, flying kites, you know, you have animals. Like, that was like, the simplest life. And, and that is Barbados in a nutshell. Good. I like it. Family oriented. It's like a neighborhood. Yeah. And you grew up in church, which leads me to my next question yes. is when you discover your personal relationship with God and how did you stay the course? Because not only like most people, they grow up in the church, they grew up as Christians, but when they go off to school or when they get to a certain age, they're like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to rebel. I'm going to like, did you have that rebel stage? And then there are people, I'm also a PK, a pastor's kid. And so people have these preconceptions about pastor's kids. Like they're the worst. They're, you know, just, you know, horrible. Did you have that phase where that statement was correct? Or did you kind of always just stay true to your commitment? Um, yes. So my dad, fortunate for me, was he gave both me and my brother lots of rope. Right, um, and allowed us to find our identity. So you would look at a pastor's kid as you know the typical, you know, in in church, probably in the band at church, probably singing, worship leading. No, my my father just allowed me to find myself, and because there were it was not very strict the way he brought us up, um, we were able to find Christ for ourselves. Right, um, both me and my brother, and it was not difficult for me to stay that course because you know, as, as the word says, train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. And my father laid the foundation down, and I stuck with it. I honestly have, I don't have, I don't have the um, <laughs> that road to Damascus type story. I believe that there is power in the God kept me story. Ah, uh, I love it. I love it. From going out there and exploring the world, which we have discovered by now, mm-hmm. doesn't offer you much, right? Um, 
and I found safety in Christ. What I would say is that when I became, because I gave my life to Christ at the age of nine, mm -hmm. right? Right. Young. But I only understood what that meant um, as a teenager. And you grew up in secondary school and you face challenges. And <clears throat> what helped me through those challenges is Christ. And I discovered, you know, after seeing your friends who also grew up in church, um, kind of rejected that life. Mm -hmm. And I see the profit or lack thereof that they received from venturing out. And there was always there was always safety. Always safety in Christ. Now let me give you a deeper part of, of me. Right. My parents divorced when I was about thirteen. Mm. So can you imagine how pastor's kid? Right. You're seeing your pastor, your father, um, and your mother separate. And you have all of these questions in your head. But because, like I said before, my foundation was in Christ. That kept me in that safe space. Mm. Because I could have rebelled. I could have. Yeah, and that's interesting because most, there are a lot of kids, if they feel like you're a pastor, you're on the word of God, and you guys they would not attach. And what, what you were able to do at a young age was you attach your security to Christ yeah. instead yeah. of attaching your security to somebody who was a representative of Christ, who was a human. So how do you think that you were able to make that distinction of, because some people would rebel because their, their security was not in Christ. It was in the Christ representative, which is a human, but your yeah. security was in Christ, not the representative. Mm -hmm. How do you think at a young age, you were able to, to make the difference? Because a lot of people don't, even as adults. Yeah. What we do, and I am also guilty of this, is that we put our salvation in our pastor, yeah. in our leaders. Yeah. Um, but I believe that it is important for us all to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And my, my downfall would not be as a result of my father's mistake or my father's decision. Right. right? So understanding that you are God's first right you have leaders appointed to you to help you and help guide you you have parents to steer you right. at the end of the day you have a decision to make because god is not going to ask me so what your dad did you know he's gonna ask me what did you do you know after your dad did what he did you know what i mean powerful so that's powerful yeah. that is important to separate separate your salvation from your leaders and, and focus on god himself that's so amazing that's yeah. That's amazing. I love that. The fact that, and just learning that. And, and, and for me, that helps me to understand why you do have the testimony, which is a very strong testimony of God kept me because Correct. you understood that significance from a young age that I cannot, that we are human mm -hmm. and that I can't yeah. put godly expectations on a human because when we put godly expectations on a human, they fail us because they're human. Whether that's a parent, whether that's a sibling, whether that's a significant other, if we put godly expectations on a human, they will fail us. And so we have to allow people to be human, to bear in their weakness and trust God for what, how is he saying for us to relate Agreed. to that person? Because again, I'm only answering for myself and I can't, you know, depend on you to answer for me. So I, I love that. Okay. So yeah. another question that I had was when you were younger and you envisioned, how old are you? Only 29. 
Only 29. <laughs> so at 20, so when you were younger as a kid and you envisioned your life at 29, when it comes to your career, when it comes to family, when it comes to, you know, your walk, anything, being a homeowner, whatever, did you envision, one, did you envision your life at all? Did you think about like, what is my life going to be like as an adult? And if you did, what is happening in 29? Is that a reflection of what you thought would be happening? Absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I actually wanted to be an architect. Ah! I wanted to be an architect. I had a, well, I still have a hobby passion, but I had a burning passion for construction. And I realized that God had other plans. Right? Ah. Um, God had other plans. And I can tell you, I had no idea that I would be doing what I'm doing today like god wrote my script <laughs> put it that way mm. god wrote my like i completely did not think that i would be the singer the producer the performer none of that but i knew that that calling was on my life at a very young age so, so you know it's no manifesting again right but it did yeah. being an architect did it seem more like realistic or I could kind of see it happening versus the singer. Like, as you said, the calling for the singer was on your life as a child, but I yeah. think you're saying pursuing it full time and just doing that solely wasn't what you would envision. Yeah, because I, I was looking at, at future. I was looking at the sustainability of having a job being an architect, firstly. Um, so I was thinking future wise, okay? I would, I love this. I love, you know, making house plans, drawings. And I can see a career in, in this, right? Um, but I discovered that, that my love for art, drawing, painting, overshadowed my love for architecture. Yes. And I, see, I saw that my love for art and my passion for art pushed me into the arts, which made it cross over to music, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I saw everything just kind of, fall into place piece together and did you start it. to say earlier that you thought that as an architect that would be able to sustain me yes you know because you know architects get pretty good they get pretty good and i saw that I, I i researched it and i saw that yo this passion of mine can really you know get me ready to go and i at that time was not thinking about god's purpose and fulfilling god's purpose and that kind of thing i was right. just looking at my own interests and my yeah Right. Yes. And that is so good. The reason why that is so good of because it goes back to the verse that we were talking about, that many are mm -hmm. the plans in a man's heart, but it's yes. the God's purpose that prevails. So those yes. are plans, being an architect, finding that out, yes. allowing yes. it to sustain you. But yes. God is our sustaining grace because you said, you know, I have the testimony that God kept me, that God sustained me this whole time. And so what exactly. it says is that purpose sustains you. And so yes. sometimes we look for this job is going to sustain me. This money is going to sustain me. This opportunity is going to sustain me. When God is mm -hmm. saying that I am your sustainer, I yes. will sustain you. So when you're obedient to me and you walk into the purpose that I've set for you because you're being obedient to Christ, that is what will sustain you. It's more yes. scary because the world has conditioned your mind to these are mm -hmm. the things that are going to be profitable for you. And these Correct. things are risky. But God loves to operate in the impossible because that's when you know that it's God and it is in me. Exactly. That's, I guess that's why I am in the field of entrepreneurship. Because <laughs> that in itself is taking a big risk. Lord, trust me. <laughs> I'm diving, you know, jumping off the cliff and 
praying that you make the plane as I make my way down. Catch me, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yes. Catch me. And yes, so yes. is it the same too with um family and children and home ownership? Did you envision that at your age or was it just more so when you were envisioning yourself, it was more just the career side? I'm going to be honest with you. Growing up, I... You know, you have the, the, the thought of, of having a family mm-hmm. and raising a family and, and getting married and stuff. But after seeing, I guess, after seeing how my, my parents, how their marriage kind of been a little bit, the, the passion for that kind of dwindled as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, and my focus was completely off of that. <laughs> that's, that's the honest truth. Um, but as I'm growing deeper in my purpose, you know, and right. I'm seeking the Lord. Right. You know, seek ye first, my first the tree. Everything else that I desire will be added. And trusting that the Lord will, again, write my script and allow him to make those things come to pass and not right. try to do it on my own. Yeah. yeah. And if the thing about it, too, because we're mm-hmm. talking about sustaining and how God will sustain you, mm-hmm. what, what you learned subconsciously as a as a child like you said that kind of it kind of went away having a family kind of went away from the forefront of your mind when you saw your parents didn't make it and Mm -hmm. it feels like okay they weren't able to sustain their relationship so uh, let me not even think about that let me just focus on something that (laughs) you know may work which is a career and going after that but i think what it says is that in the right moment like you said as you the more you seek god and seek him for the opportunities and the connections what it Mm -hmm. is is because that is in your back of your mind. And I think anybody who goes through divorce, that's going to be something that you deal with because you're human and it's a reality and it's a painful yes. situation. But it would mean that when you do step into getting married and having children, it's going to be something like, I know God has to do it. God has to sustain it because it's not something that's innately coming for me. I'm not trying to run after this because exactly. of what I know in the past. <laughs> exactly. So it has to be something that he tells me to do because he has to sustain it. Because I sure. know that if I try to make it happen, I can't sustain it. I've watched people try to sustain it before and it didn't last. He has sure. to literally sustain it. So I have to walk and weep yes. um, when yes. he says, which is powerful, which is good, which we should do anyway. Because I think we have people who are the opposite. I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Meaning of Marriage. No. Basically, they said that there are two kinds of people. There are people who are like, I want to get married because it's amazing and it's going to be great. And don't be that person. And then there's other people who are like, I don't want to get married because it's just going to be hard and it's going to be overwhelming and it's just going to be a lot. And so they're like, neither of those people are right, but you need to have a happy medium because if you're those people who are on the other end, they're like, okay, I'm afraid it's not going to work out. I, I, I've seen all of these things not work. And so they don't give it to God. The people who are like, I want it. I want it now. You ain't giving it to God either because you have this thing in your mind thinking that you can sustain this and then you can get in this and there could be a rude awakening. Right. <laughs> because you think this is it's glitch so true. and glamour and it ain't. And so absolutely I think, not. Yes. And so I think so what they're saying is both people need to surrender their desires to Christ and allow mm-hmm. Christ to direct how it's gonna happen, if it's going to happen, and when it will happen. There's um, a there's a there's a, a, a famous quote. I'm not sure who, who said it. I believe it's Confucius. But he said, those who say they can't and those who say they can are both usually right. Ah, yes. You know, so that, that lends to what you just said. Yeah, That's like you have those two opposing views. So for yes. you, um, do you still, do you, like you said, you feel like God is directing you. So do you feel like that's a part of your purpose 
or you or do you not know and it's just like i don't know what the plan is so i'm just gonna see god and if he says yes i'll move into it but if he says no i'll be fine because i know there's some people who say if it never happens i'll be fine yeah yeah i got, I got you but i do believe that 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 is that is god's purpose and plan for me um and what i have done is that i have learned to submit to his timing you know and and that is something that i believe we struggle with because we want to do everything in our own timing and and obviously end up shortlisted because many of the plans of a man's heart but does it's god's right? that prevails yeah. something that god told me that the holy spirit brought to me that came to me today is you can't move god's hand faster because you were talking about timing just now Yes. That you can't, I can't make God do something in a quicker time that I want or make him do something that I want, mm -hmm. but you can delay his timing. Exactly. You can delay what God is trying to do in your life. And the exactly. example of that you can't rush ahead of God is Abraham. Oh, you had to rush ahead of God. That was not the child. Yeah. That was a legitimate child. But you can't delay his timing, the Israelites, 11 day Correct. journey, 40 years. Correct. So what it told me, what the Holy Spirit was trying to say is, so what I want you to understand is that God has great blessings for you. There are many mm -hmm. blessings. You know, we don't know exactly what the blessings are, but there are blessings and great things that God has for us. Absolutely. Every time you do not submit that desire to God, you are delaying what God is trying to do because you're putting your hand on it. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and <laughs> everything else will be added. I think we tried to add and then kind of seek God after. Oh, yeah, God, you know, everything. Yeah. And then try to put him in, in our plans after. But I believe that it is important for us to um, make sure that he is the, the center of everything that we do. And once you understand again his position in your life, then your dependence on him will be so strong. Mm -hmm. so so strong understanding that he is the sustainer of your life he is the one who will take you to the promised land you know you can't get there on your own you know so it is important for us to submit to that first before everything else can be added to you yeah because every time you don't submit every time you don't submit to what god is trying to do then you're self-sabotaging you block it god like god god be like i'm trying to do some stuff in your life but guess i can't do it correct, Correct, correct. Move your hand. You know, going back to the analogy of the car, we want to drive the car, but we don't want God to fuel us up. We want to just go everywhere. Go, 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 go. You're going to run out of gas. Go, go, no go. fuel. No fuel. Go, go, go. <laughs> oh, man. So, for you, as a, as a Christian guy waiting on God, trusting God's timing, because that's yes. the funny thing, do you find it hard to date? The reason I'm asking that, um, right. do you find it hard to date? Because mm -hmm. what happens, I think, sometimes is whether it's church culture, whether it's the culture that people should be married, mm -hmm. they would tell single females, they will tell single males, especially if you're a Christian, you a Christian, she a Christian, go get married. You, I don't understand. One, two, three. <laughs> like you, you and, and so, and for a long time for me, I used to be like, there's so many Christian men. Like, why don't they have anybody? But right, if right. I'm submitting that desire and that timing to God, and I know that God has to sustain the relationship, even if the person looks on Christian resume that they have it all figured out. If that guy is saying, God didn't tell me to go after her, then I do have to wait. Correct. Correct. 
So I'm, I'm answering and I'm not even a guy. So for you, like, what is your, like, what do you, what, what is it like for you trying to date as a Christian man? What, what is that? So I was always of the opinion that men have a huge responsibility for the emotions of any female you interact with, mm. right? Um, we have a responsibility. Um, and it is often <clears throat> placed on us to be the person, the, the one to go out and to pursue the women. But what we have now are men who try and have fun with women's emotions. Um, for me, that was, that was never my, that was never me. I, I always was very, very strategic in, again, quite entertaining what I say and what I do, right? So it was not hard to date, but at times, you know, our, our desires would propel us to um, engage somebody. And mm-hmm. what happens is that we rush ahead of God mm-hmm. and we believe that, well, <clears throat> I believe, you, know, it, it, you know, it's my season and right. I'm ready. <laughs> You're ready. And, you know, this makes sense. It makes sense, Lord. But, you know, again, we have to submit even that, even our, our desires to him. Because what you can do is that you can hinder yourself from experiencing the fullness that God wants you to experience within mm-hmm. a marriage mm-hmm. by moving too quickly. Right. You know, unless we think that that delayed means denied. But um, the Lord is preparing you and her mm-hmm. for the ministry that you guys will um, end up doing together as one. Um, we can rush ahead and believe that it is okay to date. Right. But what we do is that we end up emotionally damaging ourselves. We create soul ties with this person, that person. And it may not even have to be any, anything linked to anything um, sexual right. or physical, but just emotional ties that, that would hinder you from seeing who it is that God wants you to be with. You know what I'm saying? And that hinders both male and female, both male and female. So it was not hard for me to date, but it was a little bit hard to trust God's timing. Yeah. And not getting any younger, you know? I am ready, Lord. <laughs> Again, ready. It's, it's important for us to submit to him and let him, let him greatest. And I like that because I think, mm-hmm. I think hearing that, especially from mm-hmm. a Christian male yeah. uh, who is interested in getting married, I think that that is helpful to Christian females because you always hear that the ratio is outnumbered, that there's way more Christian women than there are Christian men and they have it so easy. And sometimes Christian men take advantage of that. They strut around because they know that Oh, all of you guys um, are interested in me because you're picking slow. It's like five of us in the church and it's like 300 of y'all. Peacock. I'm a peacock. It's like five of us. How much of y'all? Like 300 of y'all now. Singles event and it's 300 of y'all and it's five of us. What? I get to choose any meeny, miny, mo. But what I love that you said is that there is a responsibility for the emotions of your sisters in Christ. And if so, God didn't tell me that I must move ahead to this person or wait. Cause like you said, delay is not even denied Like you may have already been connected with the person that God wants you to connect with. And God is saying, I need some time because like you said, the ministry that both of you are going to go into, God is saying, I need you to be prepared for that. So if you get together too soon, you may ruin the things that I need to develop in both of you. 
And I told a story on the singles um, uh, episode that I did a few weeks ago where I said this lady, she got married. She wanted to have sex. And so she legally got married a year and a half, a year and some before her family knew. And said the first eight years of her marriage was just hell. And she believed it because there was a process that she needed to go through in that year of, you know, um, being engaged. But because she ran ahead of God's timing, she didn't go through that process. And so therefore she believed that it was, she was going into a marriage through deception because no, she lived at home and she would just go to their house and do what she had to do legally. But she was deceiving everybody because nobody knew she was married. And so it's like what you're saying now is yes, I'm a Christian. Yes. I want to get married. And yes, I've been attracted to people and I've connected with people. However, I still have to take that desire and submit it to God. God, I, I talked to God about them. This is going to be the last one before I give you the next question. I talked to God about desires this morning. Like, you know, why give me this desire if you're not going to grant it? And so there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about, you know, you desire this thing, you covet this thing, you, you want this thing, but you do not have it because you ask not. And so I said, okay, God, um, people ask all the time. So what does that mean? So he said, think about a parent and a child relationship. You want something from your parent. And you know that that's not something they will do. You won't even ask them. So that's one instance. So that's, that's like a sin. God, I want to have sex with this person. Well, you know, it can be no. So you won't even ask God for that. So don't even worry about that desire. But then there are things that you, you feel that God would say yes to like, oh, I want to be married. But we have to know that when I ask God it, it's just like your parents, they are going to tell you how to go about it. And so sometimes we don't want to ask God because or God has already answered us, but we don't like the answer because we have to do it God's way. Like when I said I wanted to go to prom and my mom said, yeah, you could go to prom. I was like, and all of us are sleeping out after. No, you're not doing that. So you could go to prom. So you see, I took the question to her, but I have to do it her way. You can go to prom and you come home after prom. But everybody else parent is letting them go to prom and then go to the hotel to sleep after. Not me. And so I think that's where we mess up. It's not that God doesn't want to give us the desires of our hearts is that he's saying you have to do it my way. So it's not that God doesn't want you to be married, but he's saying, I need you to do it in my timing and wait. And I think that that's what gets hard for a lot of us. Yeah. And we we kind of skip ahead these scriptures that, you know, you said, um, commit your ways first onto God. And we kind of ask for the desires, but we don't really want to commit our ways. We don't really want to submit to his voice and his leading his prompting. No. And yeah. Very, very true. Absolutely. And you get the pressure. I'm sure you get pressure. If I get pressure as a female who's a single Christian, I know as a 29 year old Christian male, 22 year old friends, married, having children, a dog, a cat, and a house. Are you just here? What you doing? What you doing? What you doing with your life? (laughs) So true. So true. Okay. Okay. So now that you have, you know, chased your dreams, you're an entrepreneur, you're a singer, you're a producer. Have you ever regretted going after doing the, the, the life that you have as an artist? Did you ever regret it? And how do you remain, you know, faithful and strong and hopeful in a season of like this where, you know, I haven't reached where I think that God wants to carry me in this journey. And it's unconventional to a lot of people. The fact that I say that I'm a musical artist. So yes. how do you have hope? Are you tracing those dreams? And have you ever regretted going after these dreams? Yeah. No, I haven't one, one minute regretted the decision to um, listen to God and follow him. Follow him. Um, what I would say is that, you know, along the, the journey, um, it became difficult. 
became difficult. You know, you are you're making music, you are, you know, working for the Lord, but you're not seeing the the fruit of your labor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I feel you. But again, when you understand what your purpose is, that sustains you. So no matter what may come, you know, no matter what obstacle you may face, that will drive you forward. And I can can say confidently that God is indeed showing me where he is taking me, right? You know, Jeremiah 29 says, you know, the, the plans that God has for you is to give you hope and a future. And I believe that, you know, I believe that. And once you believe that God is going to give you a hope and a future, your confidence in him just skyrockets. You know, you have to believe it first. You have to, it has to hit here first. Right. You, can, you can talk it, you can say that for now, you can quote it, you can memorize it. But when you don't believe it, you will eventually burn out. Yeah. You eventually, so you know what, Lord, this is, realistically speaking, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I love that. Like you said, like you, if you don't really believe it, then yeah. you won't be able to move any further. And so I think, exactly. like I said, that, that's what we've been going back to with this in terms of God's purpose sustains you. And so if I'm following a path that just looks good or I'm following a path because, yeah, I want to go after these dreams, but I'm not seeing the fruit of my labor. I'm not seeing it turn out the way that I thought it was going to turn out. Then Mm -hmm. I'm going to give up because there's nothing there to sustain me because either you did it for pride. You did it for ego. You did it because culture said this was the way to go. And so whether that's in a relationship, whether that's in your career, whether that's in something that you feel like, you know, it's a home, something like that, it's not going to be sustained if God isn't in it, if God didn't tell you to go after it. And so I, and I think that's a great testimony too, is just because God told you to do something, it isn't like it's going to blow up overnight. It's not, God is giving purpose, not a plot. The purpose and platform are two different things. Correct. 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 The purpose. Yeah. Say it again. Added to that as well. You have to understand that your reward may not be in something tangible. Um, And you have to, you have to say, well, Lord, you know what? Um, in Matthew, it says, you know, don't store up treasures here on earth. Your treasure, your big treasure, your price is not, you know, that doesn't mean that God will deny you um, blessings in the tangible form. Right, right. Don't let that be the drive or the focus behind um, pursuing God's work. Because that won't sustain you. And you would always be disappointed. Lord, well, I, you, I, I thought that the house was coming already. I don't. <laughs> Don't see it again. But once you understand, well, listen, this is this is this is my this is my purpose. And however the Lord sees fit to bless me, you know, it will happen. It will happen. And just trust him. Absolutely. All right. So this is the final question. We're gonna end with this. What would you say to young men or young women who want to trust God with their purpose for their life, but they have no idea where to start? They want to trust God. They want to, like, you've been saying such amazing things today about, you know, I've, I've put God first and I seek God, but you've had that, you know, seed placed inside of you from you were a young mm-hmm. child. So if I don't know where to start with this purpose journey and trusting God and allowing him to sustain me as I go on this path, what, how, where do I start? Right. Um, something I discovered um, years ago. Um, when I was doing my own search for what my purpose really is, um, your purpose is often linked to your gifting, right? Your purpose is often, often linked to your gifting. So if you are 
if you if you speak um, fluently or you have the ability to to speak to a crowd, um, more than likely God will call you in that 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 area. If you you know seamlessly without any effort can produce music and sing, oftentimes um, the Lord uses that to propel you into your purpose. So I would say, first of all, to discover what your gift is. Discover what your, your gift is, not only in your, your, your natural ability, but your spiritual gift, gift, right? And that will, the Lord will show you where your purpose is. Um, for me, I'm going to tell you how <laughs> this musical journey started. Quickly, um, I, for many years, have been making music in my bedroom for my own personal entertainment for many years and i've been doing it and listening to it and just enjoying it and i remember hearing a sermon that kind of scared me um the sermon of the unwise servant who hid his talent mm. and presented it to god i have what you give me i hid it and here it is and he was called a fool you know and i said to myself that is the most scary thing anybody can ever experience knowing that the lord has given you something and you give it back to him right and understanding that the same thing that he give you he can strip it away mm -hmm. you know many are called you are chosen right. and if you avail yourself to him he will use you lord i am available so i believe that it is important for us to first understand what our giftings are submit that gift to the lord mm -hmm. and allow him to show you your purpose so that you can then be an available vessel for him to do as he pleases. It is not rocket science. It is not, you have to try to put, put pieces together. And the Lord is so good and so gracious that he shows you, he shows you where he wants you to go. It is this important for us to submit our will to God, commit our ways to him, and he will lead us in everywhere we need to go. I love that. I love that. Observe. Observe what you're good at. Yes. You know, allow Correct. God to, you know, you to submit whatever it is mm -hmm. that you Correct. feel he's calling you to do. And then once you do that, once you observe what you're good at, you submit that to God and then he will show you the next step. And sometimes you only need the next step. I think people want to see like this big grand thing happen or let yeah. me know that this, but it's just like, it's the next step. It's yes. make the first album and let, let your sister hear it. That's the first Correct. step. And, and then he'll give you the next step. Indeed, indeed. And what you said is important. You know, we need to surround ourselves with people who understand um, or, or have confidence in the gift things that the Lord has placed within, within us. It is important for us to surround ourselves with people who would encourage us as well too. Um, but, but we caution you, do not let the lack of encouragement from others right. stop you. <laughs> stop you from doing what God said to do. You know, submit your way to him. Um, understand who and whose you are. Know that everybody here on earth has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a purpose. So start with that. You have a purpose here. I don't know who is listening to the podcast, <laughs> but you have a purpose here on earth. And as long as you submit that to him, your desire um, to, to serve him and in all obedience, allow him to guide you. And that's amazing. Amen. We're going to end on that. Don't, amen. 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 <laughs> amen. 
we're going to end on that note. So, Philip, yeah. let people know where can they find you so they can hear a little bit about your music, so they can follow yeah. you, they can keep up, yeah. they can support you. You've gave, given us so much great wisdom today with your testimony, and we appreciate you coming out. I just want to thank you for honoring yeah. us with your time. So let the people know where, where can they find you? Where can they hit you up and hit in your inbox and say, heard your... And I want y'all to send them a message. I want y'all to know that Bahamian people give love. So say, we heard you on a podcast. You were good. Thank you so much for sharing your story. So go ahead. Let them know. Yes. So you can all, all um, social media platforms. Well, not all, but most social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can search for me, uh, Philip K underscore music, and you will find me. And that, once you go on one platform, it's going to link you to the other, which will link you to the other. You know, so that's where you can find me. Awesome. Yes. All right. Cool. Cool. Cool beans. Cool beans. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on purpose redefined. And as Philip shared with us, your purpose, your God given purpose will sustain you. And so remember that as you go forth, we thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to leave a rating review, share this episode with your friend. If you're listening in from Barbados, holla. Good to see you guys. Thanks for, you know, listening on with us. And we hope that you will listen to the other episodes if this is your first episode. And we can't wait to kick it with you next week. Have a good day. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Corral Pinder, your truth-telling accountability partner.